This is a Federal News Network podcast. On today's Federal Newscast, a major HR facet for the federal workforce returns to the Office of Personnel Management. The Senate confirms the White House's pick for a new cyber director, now to figure out what he needs. And agencies are told to consider environmental justice when making policy decisions. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The Office of Personnel Management will reassume full control over the Chief Human Capital Officers Council. OPM transferred the administrative support and resources to the General Services Administration back in 2019. That move was part of the previous administration's proposed OPM-GSA merger. But those resources are coming back to OPM. The agency says it wants to rebuild and elevate the Chico Council after years of inattention and dwindling resources. A working group is reviewing the council's charter, membership, and resources. The charter has not been updated since the council's creation in 2003. Paid leave legislation for federal employees clears a key House committee. We get more from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. The bill gives federal employees up to 12 weeks of paid leave to recover from a serious medical condition or care for a sick family member. The House Oversight and Reform Committee advanced the bill along party lines, but committee Republicans aren't thrilled with it. Committee Ranking Member James Comer. Rather than ensuring federal agencies are meeting their missions, especially in the wake of COVID-related shutdowns, we are considering expanding another benefit for the already well paid and well-protected federal workforce. Nicole Legrisco, Federal News Network. The House Oversight and Reform Committee also cleared legislation that would set new limitations on acting officials. The bill comes from California Democrat Katie Porter. She says the bill will close loopholes in the Federal Vacancies Reform Act. Current law allows acting officials to serve in Senate-confirmed positions for 210 days. Porter's bill would limit acting officials to 120 days, but give additional time if the Senate is actively considering a nominee. The bill also requires the president to appoint acting officials who have at least a year of experience at their agencies. Military service members can now get COVID-19 vaccines anywhere instead of booking appointments through the defense health system. A change in the TRICARE manual waives the need for active duty troops to get a referral to get the coronavirus vaccine from any provider. The change does not apply to troops stationed overseas. Congress's effort to change how crimes are prosecuted in the military is heading for a dramatic finish. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni reports. Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks defended the Pentagon's proposal to only take sex crimes out of the military chain of command. However, a large swath of senators and representatives want to take all non-military crimes out of commander's jurisdiction. Hicks says DOD has not studied the repercussions of that possibility close enough. DOD's version of the legislation is currently in the Senate's defense policy bill. However, the more comprehensive version is being recommended by the Senate Armed Services personnel subcommittee, setting up an impending debate later this week. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. The Air Force will soon have a new modernized model to deliver education. The Air Force Career Development Academy is set to undergo a months-long project that will update the service's curriculum to include interactive instruction, performance-based assessments, and realistic scenarios. This new electronic curriculum will replace the service's current textbook-style delivery so that courses can be updated in real time. The Career Development Academy will work with career fields such as logistics readiness and civil engineering to ensure a hands-on education. 
Senators confirmed Chris Inglis to serve as the White House's first national cyber director. Now they're introducing legislation to help him staff up his office. Top members of the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee introduced a bill that would authorize non-reimbursable detailees to work for the office of the national cyber director. Senators say the bill would help Inglis in his mission to coordinate national cybersecurity policy across multiple agencies. A House Appropriations Subcommittee recently approved giving Inglis's office a $15 million budget in fiscal 2022. Lawmakers want to set up a federal hub for helping small businesses with cybersecurity threats. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday has more on that. New legislation in the House would create a central cybersecurity assistance unit within the Small Business Administration. It would also set up corresponding cyber units at SBA's regional development centers. Lawmakers say small businesses need better resources to confront a rising tide of cyber attacks. The units would share cyber threat information and strategies for countering attacks. The bill would also expand liability protections to participating companies. The Small Business Committee is expected to mark up the legislation next week. Justin Doubleday. Federal News Network. A bill in Congress would set up a cybersecurity office within the National Telecommunications and Information Administration. Congressman Jeff Duncan introduced the NTIA Policy and Cybersecurity Coordination Act, which would establish an Office of Policy Development and Cybersecurity to oversee the security of the country's communications networks. The office would provide policy analysis on cybersecurity and innovation for the Internet, mass media, and other digital services. Environmental justice is now an important consideration for federal agencies. The White House issued interim guidance yesterday directing agencies to develop plans for meeting the Biden administration's Justice 40 initiative. That effort aims to ensure at least 40 percent of the benefits from federal investments in climate and clean energy go to disadvantaged communities. The White House also identified 21 priority programs, such as a flood mitigation assistance program, to immediately begin pursuing the Justice 40 goals. The Homeland Security Department's first Source 3 procurement is no longer under protest. The Government Accountability Office dismissed complaints by K-Paul and ZSoft Tech Solutions earlier this month. GAO decided the protests were premature. Both small businesses filed protests with GAO, saying the first Source 3 solicitation was unduly restrictive and creates an unnecessary limitation of competition. DHS issued the solicitation for this IT hardware and services vehicle that has a $10 billion ceiling in April. The proposed deadline for the CIO SP4 government-wide acquisition contract is pushed back again. Federal News Network's Jason Miller reports. Contractors now have until August 3rd to submit their bids to win a spot on the $50 billion CIO SP4 government-wide acquisition contract. NITAC issued its Seventh Amendment on July 19th, pushing back the proposal submission date by 10 days and making a host of other changes. NITAC now says large business subcontractors will no longer be counted for purposes of self-scoring or evaluation. NITEC also adds new limits on large business teams by no longer allowing them to claim certain capabilities of their subcontractors, like having an earned value management system or an ISO certification. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. The Federal Risk and Authorization Management Program, or FedRAMP, saw a 50% increase in agencies' reuse of authorized cloud products last year. Acting FedRAMP Director Brian Conrad says demand for cloud products also increased 60% in the first half of fiscal 2021, compared to the same period last year. To keep up with demand, the National Institute of Standards and Technology recently released the first version of a machine-readable language called OSCAL to help automate the security review of cloud products seeking FedRAMP certification. Conrad said the FedRAMP Program Management Office is developing tools to increase adoption of OSCAL. 
And the Postal Service's regulator does not see much benefit to slowing down first-class mail. Here's Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. The Postal Regulatory Commission says USPS plans to slow down nearly 40% of first-class mail wouldn't improve its financial condition or result in the agency reaching its on-time delivery goals. The commission says USPS is facing higher costs to handle a surge in packages that would actually eliminate any cost savings from implementing this new service standard. Despite the commission's concerns, its advisory opinion isn't binding and USPS is free to implement the service standards. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.